I remember my first day back after Bobby and I felt like a little kid dressing up in their mum's clothes. Where you're always thinking about your child as well as work and it's just like it's relentless. It is lonely sometimes. All well and good to say don't walk away from that career but if it's not what aligns with you anymore then it's not worth it. Stay-at-home mum, working mum, both so hard. You've quickly realized your life is different to before. Long gone are the days of silence and a strong pelvic floor. Modern motherhood isn't as glamorous as they portray, but trying as it is, we wouldn't have it any other way. Let's remove the stigma, talk candidly and have some fun. The more you listen, the more you'll realize you're not the only one. Right here, I promise, is where you'll find a safe space. So if you're looking for some mum life balance, you've come to the right place. So pop in your headphones while you're doing a chore or pop a bottle while you listen in to new friends you'll adore. The struggles, the highlights, a little deep, a little funny. Welcome to Mummy Republic, where you'll find the me before mummy. So who has it harder? The stay-at-home mum or the working mum? This is a topic that always causes great debate, and believe me when I say there are some very passionate opinions on either side of the fence. But I think the reality is that it's no longer that straightforward. In an age where we have the ability to work from home, to work part-time, to be self-employed, there's different relationships, different dynamics, it's no longer that clear-cut. And honestly, there are always positives and negatives to every situation. So how about We all just agree to agree that parenting in general is hard. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode. I am so excited about today's topic because I think it's a big one. It particularly comes up in conversation with all mums, whether that's on social media or just a chat between friends. And we're going to touch on the subject of working mums versus stay-at-home mums, as if it's some kind of battle but I've got my beautiful friend Ash who's joining me hey hi thanks for having me thank you for joining me now you are currently this is how dedicated she is she's in lockdown in Sydney with her children how are you coping I mean look we're surviving yeah it's interesting and it's a juggle and Mm -hmm. it's definitely very new territory so I mean we're talking about working mums and stay at home I'm a teacher all of a sudden (laughs) yeah which is interesting and I'm not a great one it turns out look I'll make you feel better about that I'm absolutely not a great teacher there's a reason that I did not choose that career path I definitely have already I've messaged Bobby's teacher to say hats off to you and everything you do in the classroom because I just have one kid and it is hard work Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But we're okay. Michael's at home. My husband's at home. So he's an extra set of hands around the house at the minute, which definitely makes life a little bit easier. Yep. But it, interesting times. Oh, man. It's a lot. It's definitely a lot. Well, hats off to you because you're navigating the best that you can. And that's honestly all. Well, I mean, what else can we do? Exactly. It's just, we just got to roll with it at the minute. Well, I'm so excited that you were still able to break away from your teaching duties and have a chat today. <laughs> Mate, we had a pupil free day today. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Friday. It's a Friday. Um, and it's probably about time for teacher happy hour as well. So that's really convenient. I nearly messaged you to say like, oh, is it too early to crack a drink? It's oh my a God. Friday. It's like it's been a long week. The afternoon. It was like it was an appropriate time three hours ago. <laughs> Um, now, before we kick off into our conversation, obviously having kids is 
such a change of pace from when you don't have children. And I think there's always those moments where you go, oh, have kids, they said. And it's one of those go, oh, wow, this is this is actually my life now. Do you have any of those moments that come to mind when I say that? I mean, I have a really distinct moment and I think it just sums it up. I mean, we'll, guess, we'll jump straight and it's probably a bit too much info. But after no, I, I had Ollie, it. second baby, I had Bobby at home as well when she was three. And I just remember I was breastfeeding him while on the toilet. And I had Bobby in there with me as well. Just We're just hanging out, the three of us. And I thought never in my life did I think I would be doing a poo while breastfeeding and having my other child just hanging out in here as well, like just one big party. I have kids, they say. Literally never poo in peace family. ever again. <laughs> See you later, privacy. That is the epitome. Yeah, yeah. Archer has a tendency what? of whenever I go to the toilet, he literally comes in and like feels like the need to hold my legs and put his put his head down like on my knees, yes. and and you're sitting there going, oh, "Look, it's just an assist." It is, yeah. It's like a like a little pat on the back, being like, "You can do this. You got this." I mean, I didn't, you got I didn't, this, mum. What your support, buddy? But thanks. Cheers to that. <laughs> yeah, I was good. Mum was good in here. Yeah, I remember saying to Bobby once, like. I said, dude, can you give me some privacy? And she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll just stand over here and took two steps back away from the toilet. And I was like, that's not what I meant. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean. A few more steps back, out the door, close the door. Oh, bless. The joys, the joys. Well, look, just to give a bit of context into your motherhood journey, you have two kitties. And how old are they? So Bobby is five and a half. Mm-hmm. And then Ollie is two and a bit. Yeah second child uh he's an april baby so whatever that makes him he was two in april uh so three years between mine yeah and <laughs> it's like that second child thing you're like i don't know oh my god i i kept saying to someone for ages or to people when they'd ask oh yeah archer's like 16 months and then i realized that he's actually 17 months and not only that in a couple of weeks he's 18 months so no, oh. i'm just behind the ball as well um now did you go back to work with each with each kid there's a bit of an evolution there right so yeah there was so I went back to work after Bobby and I didn't go back after Ollie so after we had Bobby we were living in a unit at the time and we were saving to buy a house and so for us it was like let's get that second income I went back part-time and we were just trying to save but also with Bobby it was so different I had the most blissful maternity leave with Bobby like she was an angel baby. Everything was textbook with her. She was the happiest baby. She just, if she had food, happy. Like that's all she needed. I could take her anywhere. She'd sit anywhere. And so I lived cafe life for a year. I was like, this is, how good's having kids? Why? Let's have more. This is amazing. And then I was dreading going back to work. What did you do for work? I worked corporate. So I worked as an in-house graphic designer for um, like an accounting firm. Yep. And I was with them for like 10 years in the end before I resigned. But yeah, I just didn't want to go back. I was like, life's good. Let's just keep doing cafe life with this happy baby. But went back and then you settle back into it. You know, you kind of get used to your new routine. And I settled back into just three days a week with her. And then fast forward three years, we had Ollie 
And I remember leaving work like so smug. I was like, bye, I'm off to maternity leave. Like, bye, I'm off to live that cafe life again. And Ollie was just not that baby. (laughs) He was not that baby at all. Reflux, cow's milk, protein intolerance. So he was a miserable, like so miserable, so unhappy for the first four months. I was like, I wonder if work will take me back. <laughs> um, and then by the time, by the time like my maternity leave finished, I felt like I'd missed, like we were only just kind of settling into our groove by the time it was time to go back to work because we missed those first four months. They were just so chaotic. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I didn't want to go back. Mm. Which is, but for different reasons to Bobby. Like, Bobby, I didn't want to go back because it had been so great. And Olia, I didn't want to go back because it hadn't been so great. Mm. And I wanted to have that time of it being wonderful. I felt like we missed out on it. So I quit my job. I was like, but done. And isn't it interesting, though, because you know, there, there is that polar opposite and there's so many different things to explore there because kids are so different. Each kid is so different. And I was very much like you, you know, Peyton's maternity leave was a dream, um, typical cafe baby. And I swear, and I feel like I can say this because I have a girl and a boy. I think it's a girl thing. Like girls are made for cafe baby life. I'm like, is it a gender thing or is it like a second yeah. child thing? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Look, I don't know. But there is a very yeah. stark difference. It's, it's definitely a generalisation. I'm sure there are amazing boy cafe babies, um, but I definitely feel that. <laughs> There's no boy cafe babies in my family. Yeah, neither, neither. Um, it's a hard thing to do though because when you step away from, I guess, that initial motherhood maternity leave from your first child and go back into the corporate life it's there's there's a big part of you that's changed did you find that going back to work after Bobby I remember my first day back after Bobby and I felt like a little kid dressing up in their mum's clothes (laughs) I put on like a blouse I had like a pencil skirt and a blouse on and a pair of high heels had not touched a computer in 12 months. And I remember just sitting down at my desk thinking, I wonder if everyone's looking at me going, who's this imposter? Like I, I felt like I was in playing dress-ups and I thought everyone was looking at me thinking, mm, we're on to you. And I was like, at my computer just with my two fingers kind of like, boop, boop. you know, am I doing this right? How do you do this again? It was such a bizarre, I remember that feeling so distinctly. Yeah of feeling so out of place. Like I just hadn't done it for so long. What was your work like? Were they Mm. supportive of you? Because obviously you went back part-time, which is a huge step in itself. But how were they with the whole mum life balance thing? Pretty fantastic, I must say. Yeah. Um, Because I think as well, being a big business, you often get that. They have to be a bit more accommodating sometimes. Um, And my boss, though, look, I think it all depends. It depends on your boss a lot of the time. So the man who I reported into had three kids himself and I had worked with him. Like I said, it it was 10 years that I had worked with him before I resigned. We knew each other really well. He knew I got my job done. And his approach was always, 
I know you'll get your job done. So if you need to leave early, leave early. If you need to come in late, come in late. I know you'll get what needs to be done, done. So do it, just take care of yourself kind of thing. Um, So super lucky like that because not all workplaces are like that. They were really flexible. I got to work from home a day a week as well, which made like the back and forth with daycare so much easier. Yeah. I, they were really great. That's amazing because, yeah. and I think you're right. I think it does come down to the individual um, because I've had bosses who yeah. are phenomenal with the the motherhood piece, and then others who are not so much. It's funny that you say that about the imposter thing, though. I um was like really quite hardcore in my corporate life pre-Payton um, and I was very much like a climbing the ladder sort of vibe and I yeah, right. I got offered a promotion when I was on maternity leave and I came back and <laughs> into this new role and the lady who hired me said to me like two weeks in, you've changed a lot since having a baby and I was like, oh, okay, I mean in a good way or a bad way and she's like, you're just a lot more emotional. That's what I was going to say. And I was like, okay, I'm – like she said you're more emotional yeah because I was in management so you know you had to manage people and fire people and all that kind of stuff and performance manage and whatnot and um yeah to be honest if I knew you were going to be this emotional I probably wouldn't have offered you the job (laughs) and I was like oh okay okay, thanks love good good chat thanks I mean, did you cry? That would have been even more emotional. I probably would have cried. I mean, I probably cried when I went home, let's be real. But I was just like, okay. I just think that's so brutal though as well to say to someone, I, I, I think, did she have kids? Yes, yes, she did. But um, well, I mean, she would know all those feelings of returning to work. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre how it works. But I think like it, it does depend on your environment. But how for you... Yeah. First instance, the juggle of daycare and then, you know, feeling like you've got to cram all those motherhood duties in after you've worked a full day of work. How did you find that? Oh, it's so hard. I worked in um, like Sydney CBD as well and where we live, we're, I don't know, like 40 minutes out of the CBD. So Bobby went to daycare local to where we live. And then I'd get the train into work. But, I mean, you're talking about basically an hour door-to-door from going home to getting to work. Yep. So you know what it's like as a mum anyway? You're time poor. Like you never have, never in my life as a mum have I been like, oh, I have all this excess time up my sleeve, (laughs) all this spare time. Always time poor. And so... There's not a minute to spare. And I used to be racing, like running to the station to make my train, running from there to the office to be there on time, working through lunch, looking at the time and thinking, ah, shit, like I've got to log off, running back to the station to get to daycare before they closed. I just felt like you're always racing. Yeah. It's not, it never felt calm. I always felt rushed. And I think too, because, you know, when you're pre-children and you've got a corporate job and it's quite heavy, you, you're always thinking, right? Like you're always switched on, but then you have a child and you have to add that mental motherhood load as well, where you're always thinking about your child as well as work. And it's just like, it's relentless. There's not space for it all. No, no. It is a real 
juggle. I was lucky. Like Michael used to do, we used to um, toggle, drop off and pick up. So he would do one and I would do the other. Yeah. And that helped a little bit because otherwise I just would have been running around like a chook with its head cut off. Now fast forward to Ollie and then you made the decision to resign. That would have been a really difficult decision too because of what you've just been through, you know, mentally and emotionally with him and then sort of calling it quits on a career of 10 years. How did you go about making that decision? Do you know what? Funnily enough, that was the easiest decision I've ever made. Yeah, right. It felt like in my waters, mate, felt in my waters (laughs) that that was the right thing to do. Yeah. And the whole catalyst for it was that, I was due to return from my maternity leave in like the May or something like that, but I had to take his spot at daycare from the January. And so he wasn't even one yet and like Bobby started daycare when she was two and so I had this whole internal thing going on with myself like, oh, but I didn't start Bobby at this age and I dropped him off for his first day of daycare He was totally fine. He didn't know what round it was anyway. He was still so little. I was a mess. Mm -hmm. And I left and I got in the car and I just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. And I called my husband and I was like, I don't want to go back to work. And he was, Michael was like, oh, do you mean like just now? (laughs) And I was like, no, I'm done. Like, I don't, I don't want to go back. And I mean, he's a legend. Mark was just like, well, okay. If that's what you feel, like, we'll make it work. If you don't want to go back, don't go back. And I remember, like, I said to him, I just feel like there's something else out there. I don't know what it is. I don't even know if I've, like, found that yet or not. Um, But I just felt like, do you know what? That part of my life is done and there was – I had no – regrets or nothing holding me back going oh are you sure I just went no I'm done with that and I don't want to go back yeah and something else will present itself so it was I actually felt great and funnily enough when I called my boss to tell him he was like you won't believe this I just handed in my resignation today (gasps) wow what and we had worked together for so long and like you said your work environment, like I had had a great working mum experience in terms of workplace. Yeah. But I would say that is mainly because of him. Mm. And mm. I just found it really funny that when I had decided to resign, he had also. And I was like, yep, that just for me cemented that I'd made the right decision. Yeah. That's a sign. Isn't it funny though, you know, so many people will say to you when you make the, because I did the same thing. I resigned from my corporate job of 13 years in December and everybody sort of kept saying to me, um, no, you know, you've got to just hold on, like extend your maternity leave for another year and and do this and you don't want to give it up. Like you don't want to give away everything that you work so hard for. And it's, Sometimes you just get to that point where you go, yeah, but for what? Like, yes, money is fantastic and that job security is fantastic, but if it's interfering with your ability to be there for your family, like I love that analogy that everyone's got all these balls and some of them, well, I mean, 
not not gross balls. Like, let's just keep our heads out of the gutter, just, just in case. Um, but they, everybody's got balls that they juggle and some of them are glass and some of them are not. And I think, you know, things like your family, they're the glass balls. Yeah. And if you're carrying too many balls, you're going to drop the important ones and that's not where you want to be. Because I was exactly like you. I made the decision yeah. and I was like, I feel so much lighter. It's just, I don't know. You do, I, when you know, like, you that's how I felt. And that's how it felt for me. I just knew, you know, sometimes you just know you've made the right decision and I just knew that that was the right one for me at that time. Yeah, and it's one of those things too. I think you have to be cautious not to feel like you have to justify it to everybody as well. 100%. Because honestly, unless you're in that position, you just have no idea and it's all well and good to say don't walk away from that career, but yeah. if it's not what aligns with you anymore, then it's not worth it. Yeah. So fast forward to now, mm. or I know you've got little projects on the side, but you then become a full-time stay-at-home mum. How yeah. was that? Was that what you expected? Was <laughs> <laughs> oh, it what I expected? No. So I don't know. that Again, I don't know if it was just – Second time round versus first time round with Bobby. Like I had her, I joined a local mother's group. Like I said, I was out all the time because um, she was such a happy-go-lucky baby. So we'd go to cafes and I'd meet friends for lunch or coffee or I'd go to a cafe with my mum for lunch and she'd come along and sit and eat and wave and smile. And then I never did a mother's group second time round with Ollie. Um so I didn't have that network. And like between my kids, I've got the three years age gap, which we hadn't planned. Ollie just took a long time to come along. Mm-hmm. And so in between like those three years, everyone from my mother's group had already had second kids. And then friends who had kids the same age as Bobby, they'd had their second kids already as well. So I had Ollie and then I didn't have that same network had lots of friends with kids but none with kids Ollie's age and it was it's so different and I actually found second time and I had never said this I never ever said during that same age period with Bobby that's like being a stay-at-home mom felt isolating Mm. with Ollie very much felt that because we weren't meeting up with other adults and kids. It was just like the two of us all the time. Yep. And, I mean, not the most stimulating conversation when they're that little. <laughs> what? What? Surprising shock. But I'd be like, oh, what are we going to do today, bud? I guess we're going for another walk to the park, just the two yep. of us. And I found it really isolating second time around. It was weird. No, I definitely feel that. And I mean, obviously for me, COVID sort of came into play. There was lockdowns and all that kind of jazz. Yeah. Um, But I definitely think that it's a different, it's a different dynamic because you're not just, you've got to wrangle two children. Yes. Everything is different. Yeah. And like I have a large age gap and even I sometimes find that difficult because it's like you've just got to get everyone ready. It's not as simple as just being like, oh, let's pop to the cafe and have lunch. No. Yeah, it's double the effort, double the energy. And it's interesting because 
you will hear, and this is, you know, people have this whole debate around, oh, being a stay-at-home mum is so easy, but you've got to provide not only all of the things that you normally have to do, but you've got to stimulate them. And that's what I find a real struggle, like with Archer, is like I'll set up one of those fucking sensory activities that will take me and, and let me say, this is You're I'm not a crafty mum. Yeah. So this is a rare occasion, but I'll do it. It'll take me 20 minutes and he freaking plays with it for maybe three. Yeah, and, and it makes that much mess as well. Yes. You will not ever find me setting up I hate Play-Doh. The payoff yes. of Play-Doh yes. is just not worth it. I no. would never in my – I would never even contemplate giving Ollie like coloured rice to play with. I just it's just not me I'm not he's not that kind of a kid anyway he just wants to run he just needs space so Bobby was like Bobby didn't roll over she didn't roll until she was about nine months old oh my god affectionately I call her a slug she was a slug baby in the best way and Ollie doesn't sit still so He's exhausting. Being a stay-at-home mum with him, physically exhausting. And then mentally just not having that adult time was that I found the most different with him because I didn't have that same social network that I had the first time around. Mm. And I remember I went down to my – so I'm really lucky where I live. Uh, My parents literally live around the corner and – um, my grandparents on my mum's side are both still alive. They're nearly 90 and they both live down the road from me. So we're all in walking distance. Um, and I walk, I go down to my nan's quite a bit with Ollie. And I remember saying to her one day, like, oh, she came for a walk with me. We went walking just along the street into a park. And I was like, oh, thank you so much for coming. You know, it can get a bit lonely sometimes. Like it's nice to have the company. She called me the next day and I already knew she'd sent me a message that night and it was, she was just saying, it was like, oh, I just been thinking about how you said you were lonely and I could tell, I knew that she was going to then be worrying. And she called me the next day and she's like, I just want to check in. Is everything okay? Are you all right? I'm like, I'm totally, I'm great. But I'm like, it is lonely sometimes when it's just you and I know you've always got a kid so you think there's always someone around you. I shouldn't feel lonely. But it's lonely. And I just, her little face, I was like, you don't need to worry. Like I feel I'm fine, (laughs) but it's lonely. We can say that. Like it's okay to say that. Um, And I never felt that with Bobby. So it was, yeah, really interesting. And it is though, I think, too, when you when you formally become inverted commas a stay-at-home mum, it's like you you truly are giving up that sense of something that's just for you. Because when you look at your career, that is something that's, you know, just for you. That was around before you it's it's what you go back to. And when you are a working mum, the difference is, is like even though you're busy and you've got lots of space, you're still having adult conversations that are not interrupted. You're still getting to eat your food. Even if it's at your desk, you're eating food that's not being picked at or like the leftover yeah. scraps of your toddler. <laughs> it's it's different. And when you're at home all the time, even if you are social, 
on the times that you don't, like for me, even my girlfriends have majority have all gone back to work and I work from home. So, you know, it's not like I'm not doing anything to stimulate my brain, but there'll be days where everybody's at work. Mm. So I am just by myself and you as a social person, you do get lonely. It's normal. You do. Stay-at-home mum, working mum, both so hard. I mean, I think we can just say parenthood in general. Yeah. So hard. But the differences between them are so stark because obviously you have when you're working, like you said, you can eat your lunch in peace. I, I don't eat half the time, especially now, because we're in lockdown. And if I'm not eating at the exact same time as my kids, I miss my window because then they've eaten. And if they see me eating, they're like, oh, food, food. Can I have yeah, food? Oh my God. And they oh would just God. eat all day. We joke, we say our kids are like Labradors. They just <laughs> don't stop eating. And so I'm like, oh, well, I've missed my window to eat. If the kids see me eating, then yeah. they'll want something again. So I have to like make sure I'm eating when they're eating. So working, you get to sit and talk to adults, have a hot coffee, enjoy your lunch. But then, I mean, the flip side of that, and I found that this year because Bobby started school this year. So when did I, re- I resigned at the start of last year yeah. with Ollie. And then midway through the year, I actually started doing nails from home. So I've had, I don't know, long-term history of just being in love with nail polish, nail art. Um, And I always joke I used to do it back when it was still considered a weird hobby, (laughs) back when people were like, (laughs) you're a bit weird. What do you mean you painted flowers on your nails for three hours? Um, And now everyone's into it. But so kind of after I resigned from corporate life and then COVID hit as well, which was kind of crazy timing for our household because Michael works in events. Um, so just like a really weird lull in our house when no one was really working and we were just all here all the time. Um, maybe like towards the end of that year I said to Michael, do you know what, I think I'd love to get certified and do nails from home. I thought I love doing nails. I love chatting to people. So I went ahead and did that. And then Bobby started school this year and I was working two days a week doing nails just from home. But still it was like, oh, I'm straight. Then I remembered, oh, this is what it's like. This is that in the morning I'd be like, quick, 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 quick. I've got to get you to school. I've got a client coming at 9 o'clock and then I'd have to get Ollie dropped off at grandparents and then I'd race back home and then it would be go, go, go. And they had they had an open day one day at school and this is what triggered the post that I wrote on Instagram because they had this little yeah. open day at school which was like not even a huge thing. It was like you can walk through the kids' classroom and see some of their work and I missed it. I just, I could probably cry now thinking about it because I still feel so sad about it. I missed it and... I managed to get up to her school in time for just the assembly that they'd had said parents could come to as well. And she saw me there and she turned around and her little face, she was like giving me this big wave. She had this big grin on her face. And I just, I was trying not to cry. I was like, the fact that I'm at the assembly has made her day. Yeah. But it just killed me that I didn't get to walk through the classroom. 
like mm. all the other oh, I tried not to cry I'm such a baby like oh, all the other parents no. and it's 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 like such a small thing but yeah I just was like this is what it's like I'd forgotten how you, the things you miss out on yeah even just those little things. Yeah. And this is, so this is why I wanted to chat to Ash because she wrote a post on Instagram about the differences between, you know, being a stay-at-home mum versus a working mum. And I think, you know, it's interesting because I went back to work and worked stupid hours from when Peyton was seven months old. Like she was that kid in daycare mm. who was always the first one there, always the last to leave um, because yeah. my career was just so so demanding and she wasn't was used to me never being able to come to anything she you know got yeah. into the habit of just you know always assuming that I'm not going to be able to make it and in the last couple of years I took a different job to try and take a step back and it gave me a little bit of flexibility but it's still sort of you know as it always does seeps into your family life yeah and it's amazing though now being able to go to those events and do those types of things. And don't get me wrong, like, I'm so sorry. I'm not the mum who volunteers at Tuck Shop. I am going <laughs> to try and wrangle my bloody toddler just so I can be at Tuck Shop. And also, sorry, but I actually don't want to. Um, so, don't blame you. Don't blame you. It won't be me either. But, you know, it means it means the world to them. So it, And that I think you carry that guilt either way. Oh, well. You're going to the events, you feel bad that you're not bringing in the money. If you're off making money you feel bad that you're not being at the school events like you the mum guilt is the mum guilt mate oh you can't win with the mum guilt and that's it's funny because Michael says this to me all the time he's like I mean when we're trying to make a decision I'm like I don't know what if this what if that and he's like well it doesn't really matter what you decide you're going to feel guilty regardless he's like you always we had this big thing like whether we sent Bobby to school when she was five turning six or four turning five and he's like we sent her when she was the year she turned five in the end. But he's like, if you wait till she's six, you'll say, I should have sent her earlier. And yep. if you yep. send her now, you'll go, I should have held her back. He's like, there's no win. And it's true. <laughs> Mum guilt is just next level. And that's the irony of it, right? Like you you will literally beat yourself up either way. And I think there is all this pressure, like particularly in in the media around, you know, you have to – you have to be providing for your family, but you have to be there for your family and you've you've got to be everything and you've got to do everything and it's fucking bullshit because mm. you cannot physically do and be at all and people are made to feel guilty either way. Either What's way. that saying? What's that saying they always say? I always see the meme about it and it's like um, they expect you, your ex- working mums are expected to work like you don't have kids and parent like you don't work. It's something yeah. like that. I don't yeah. think I delivered that correctly, but I'm sure you get the gist. It. It's yeah. something like that. And I think there's no real, I don't know, there's no real win. You just have to do what feels right for you and your family. Yeah. I have friends who work, uh, one of my best friends works full-time and she's got a corporate job and she is just smashing it career-wise at work, smashing yeah. it. And I've said to her, if you love your job and you love your career, go for it. Like if, yeah. if that's what you love, like that's what's right for you. I was like that. My my job wasn't like I was a graphic designer. There wasn't, it wasn't career progression. I wasn't climbing a ladder. The job was kind of just the job. 
And I didn't love it. It was just what I did and it was Mm. fine, but I didn't love it. So for me, working full-time isn't something I would have even considered. And I just felt, I felt for me, no, I just want to be at home right now with the kids. And I said, for her, if you love your job and you feel for you and for your family, this is your best move. Don't listen to anyone else. Don't look at anyone else who's only working part-time or doing stay-at-home because they're not you. So you always have to do what's going to be right for you and for your family. And it's so hard because there's always outside voices who have an opinion on if you should be working or if you should be at home with the kids or working full-time or working part-time. You can never please everyone. Yeah, and everyone's everyone's got an opinion on a situation that has mm. nothing to do with them. <laughs> but I think you nailed it. You just have to do what's right for you. Is there anything that you miss about being at work? I will see at the minute. So because I went back to doing nails two days a week, I must say when I went back to doing it, I was like, I love this. Yeah. I was sitting down with women who were coming in to have their nails done and I we would chat for like an hour and a half and they would leave and I would call or text Michael saying, oh, I just had the best client. I'm so glad I did this. I love this. Yeah. And I realised it was all that stuff that I was missing. I was filling my own cup. It's the things I was missing out on when I was just at home with Ollie and I was feeling lonely. I was missing adult interaction um, they, it just filled my cup in that way for me. And so I knew I kind of get to Friday and be like, yes, this is a me day. Yeah. And Saturday, even though I'm working, it didn't feel like work. I felt like it was a me day. You love it. So it doesn't. Yeah. This is, that's the difference, right? When you're doing something you love. So working those two days and then you come back, you go back into parenting. I came back feeling refreshed because I'd had a break. And I'd done something for me. And so I could come back feeling more fresh to parent and get in the thick of all your day-to-day, the whining and the snacks and the fighting. You just (laughs) handle it all better. You do. You do. You definitely do. And it's I definitely feel when I have a break from the kids that I rejuvenated and whatever that may be, like even if it's going out with some girlfriends or going on a date with Dan or even going to Woolworths by myself, like I will take (laughs) whatever I can get. Isn't it so sad what we consider me time these days, that silent car ride? But here you are saying all these like beautiful things about what you miss. I'm sitting here thinking the thing I miss about working And this is just a reflection of what I did. I loved the excuse to get dressed up and wear like beautiful corporate attire and stupidly expensive heels and go and go to coffee meetings and just like, and I had a very stressful job. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I swanned around doing all this kind of stuff, but the excuse to just like, yeah, I'm going to drink a hot coffee in my hot outfit and, you know, talk about how important I am. And it's, it was just. Do you know things. what? That is so, I do not miss that at all. I am very much like a, like I live in leggings now. I live in leggings. I never was real corporate, corporate anyway. I worked in, like, my workplace was very corporate. 
they always considered me like a creative anyway. I could get away with a bit more. So I never had to wear full-blown corporate attire. Um, And I just don't miss that at all. I'm so much happier now. I think, oh, if I have to get dressed or Bobby has been at me for days about wearing a dress. She's like, can you put a dress on? Because I'm never in dresses anymore. And she went and got a pair of my boots out this afternoon and she was like, mum, can you put these on? And I mean, you can see me right now. Like I'm in like, I'm in leggings and my dressing gown material jumper. And she's like, put these boots on mum. So I put them on. She's like, can you leave them on? And can you put a dress on? I'm like, no way. I just don't miss that. It's funny the different things you miss. Oh my God. And it and it's so trivial, right? And this and probably there's not a lot that I miss about my job. There's not. Like I'm definitely in a much happier, more aligned space now. But it's I think what triggered that is I walked past Q today. And they had the shop and they had um, like 30% off or something like that. And normally yeah. I would beeline it and be like, oh, my God, I can justify it because it's in inverted commas for work. So <laughs> I'm basically saving money. And whereas I have no I have no fucking need to go into queue anymore because, one, I don't go out enough to try and justify it by being like, no, this would be a nice dinner outfit. Like I don't leave the house very often. I feel like a nice little outfit from Q would be great for your little dances that you're doing at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, so when I you mean, do the nut bush, it would be perfect. If you could do the nut bush in a pencil skirt or something, that would be great. Um. Well, look, I'm sure I've still got some <laughs> corporate dresses up my sleeve. I'll see what I can pull out for you. Well, but actually, you know what? what? Sorry. Don't I was going to say, I think part of that, what you miss is also just about feeling good and feeling nice. Do you know what I mean? I must say, and now, I mean, especially now we're in lockdown in week, I mean, I don't know, 11 billion. I don't know where we're up to week, whatever we're up to now in Sydney. And the other day I was like, I'm just going to put some makeup on. Yep. 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 Because I'm just slothing around in my leggings or my dressing gown or whatever because we're not going anywhere and my hair's unwashed I was like I just don't think I can look at myself like this another day I just want to put my face on yeah and feel like look at myself in the mirror and be like oh hey feel myself a little bit and be like cool so I think missing putting on like the nice dresses or the high heels or having the hair done in the makeup it's all kind of part and parcel of things that sometimes just make you feel nice. Yeah. It's like when you get a fake tan and you immediately feel like you've just gone up three levels or something. I I think it's actually a scientific fact that everyone's hotter (laughs) with a spray tan and I'm basing that purely on myself. So (laughs) can take you from a five to a 15 out of 10 a spray tan. (laughs) Legit. Actually, that's that's a perfect segue because I do. I think it makes you feel like you. And I am a huge advocate of mum life balance. I think it's so freaking important. And I like to call it the me before mummy. So, do you have anything that you do, and it might be an an all the time thing or just on the occasion where it helps you connect with that pre Ash or that Ash outside of kids? Something that you do? Yeah, I have just had to start working really hard at that this lockdown. Yeah. And, I mean, I haven't – I've always been one of those people which, I like, 
it's not a brag either. I mean, don't be like me. I've been one of those people who puts myself last yeah, and just thinks like, oh, I don't have time to do that for me. I'm too busy putting the kids first or looking after the kids first. And it's so, I just, it's so strange that I do that because I would tell any, anyone, any friend or any stranger who I just chat to at the park, don't do that. Yeah. Make time for yourself because I know how important it is, but I have never been big on doing it for myself. And pre-lockdown, I think life is just so busy. You don't always notice it. And then we've gone into lockdown and for the first time in like my life, I've been experiencing anxiety and I think I mentioned this to you before Mm. um I've been feeling so anxious just really flat and I was crying at the drop of a at the drop of a hat thank god the Olympics were on because (laughs) what a great outlet the Olympics became anytime we won anything I'd be like like, sobbing (laughs) such an amazing outlet for all my tears but (laughs) Michael was like oh, I think, I think we need to do something about this. And I was like, no, you're right. I'm yep. not in a great mindset. And it was because we were just home and I was not doing anything for me, but I didn't have all that normal life stuff to distract me from that. Yeah. So yeah. these last couple of weeks I've had to really work hard at doing things for me. Mm. And Michael is like on my back about it too because he knows if I'm not my best me then the whole house the whole house feels it and so and he doesn't like to see me like this either so he's been on my back like pushing me to do all the things so now most mornings I go for a solo walk and I just take the dog and I'll either listen to chilled music or I'll put on a a podcast or something like that go for a walk with no kids Even like 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour, I come back and I find even just as I approach my house, I like approach it going, oh, look at my beautiful little home. My house is like a 60-year-old, 70-year-old home, original. So normally I don't look around my house and go, look at my beautiful home. I usually go, look at this fucking shitbox. So I solo walks. I've been having lots of long showers, not great for our bills probably, Um, but I found these like amazing little shower steamers, shower bomb things, and you're like, they're like a bath bomb but for your shower. What? They're really cool and you put them, you put them in and they just like, I think essential oils or something come out and they fizzle and your shower smells good and it just becomes like this nice happy zone. I'm I've been doing that. This. Michael and I have started boxing. Stunning. Good. Highly recommend punching it out. Very nice feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then things, doing my nails. I mean, I say that now. They're not done. They need doing. <laughs> They're halfway there. They're halfway to doing. I can see some but- fancy ones. I can see some <laughs> fancy ones there. So, you know, there's something going on. There's something going on over there. Fun. You can see I've got they're both different. You can see my bright colours there on one hand. You, my other hand is waiting to be done. You're just advertising different possibilities all over your fingernails. And I'm I call them like the 
Instagram versus reality usually my <laughs> one hand is good my photo hand usually looks good and my useless hand looks terrible usually <laughs> but little things like that I had to switch off I had to stop consuming loads of stuff on social media yeah which you know saying oh nice nails like maybe that sounds a bit contrite no. but I look down and they make me feel like I've got my shit together you know yeah, well, it's like you said before, like putting on makeup. It sounds very materialistic if you say it in that way, but I know for me, like when, and I can't compare because Queensland, we've been quite lucky, but anytime we have had lockdowns, yeah. a couple of days of slothing around and then I usually have a conversation with myself and say, no, <laughs> today we're going to get dressed, you're going to do your hair and your makeup. Yeah. And it just, it almost like sets the tone for your day. Yeah, it does. So it's It's not contrived at all. But, look, I am going to let you get back to your children. and um, No, I'm going to tell Michael that this is extending for another two hours. Actually, it's yeah. running over. Look, we had a lot to it, a lot to it <laughs> So five hours later. Actually, if you could just bring in some wine, doll, that'd be great. It'd be so well. <laughs> but thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to put all of Ash's details into the show notes so that you can find more and have a creep on her. She's very creep-worthy. Uh, but thank you again for taking time out of your busy schedule to. Thank you for being my first podcast. I love that I popped your cherry. Yes. It's amazing. Well, thank you, Pass. I will talk to you soon. Bye. Sounds good. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us for a chat. I hope you got the opportunity to pop a bottle or pop your headphones in and get a little bit of time to yourself. If you did, feel free to share it on socials and tag at Mummy Republic or at Danny Rogers. And if you want to hear more conversations, click on that subscribe button and leave a rating and a review so you can let other listeners know what they're in for. In the meantime, don't forget to take a breath, take some time for yourself and know that you're doing a damn good job. I hope I've inspired you to connect a little more with the me before mummy. See you next week.